right, Facebook friends. Yeah. Um, is your why big enough? Let's put the word why on here. Is your why big enough? I uh, got held up a little bit this evening, and that's why I'm over here a little later than I normally am. And that's because, you know, sometimes things happen that you can't control. And I had one of those experiences, and I wanted to share it and then share the story that I heard during this experience that really prompted me to talk about the why tonight. I was on my way home from a uh, event at the church. I was running the uh, high definition cameras. And as I drove home, a red light came on in my car and then all of a sudden it kind of like uh, cut off. So here I am on expressway and my car cuts off. I'm in the high speed lane and the brake is not working. But fortunate enough, for me, that was a good thing because it allowed me to coast over to the median. Unfortunately, the median was right next to the high speed lane. So picture this. There's uh, two um, expressways, one going west and one going south, I-95 south to 10 west. And I had just gone on the 10 west, and I was in the high speed lane, the median by the high speed lane. So here I am, close to a stop in the median next to the high-speed lane. What does that mean? That means every time cars pass by, your car shakes, and you're wondering if anyone is not paying attention, they're going to run into you. So I'm thinking to myself, what do you do? You can't get out. You're looking down. Uh, right on the other side is a median, and on the other side of that median is a 30-foot drop in which traffic is going on the expressway in the other direction. So, here I am, my car dark, I can at least put the hazard lights on, I'm in the median next to the high speed lane, and I'm thinking, what do I have, to, what am I going to do, because if someone hits me, that's it, I'm up in the air, I'm either on the other side of the median, with traffic going full speed in the other direction, or I'm just mangled up and all over the road on this side of the median. Well, um... You know, I, I I was just thankful that I was there, and I just thanked the Lord for taking care of me. And then I said, well, let me call a um, call my service, uh, USAA, because it's a military, you have USAA. So I called the roadside service, and uh, fortunately for me, they said that the, um, the tow truck was only 20 minutes away. Now, that's a blessing because... About three or four weeks ago, I had a problem with a car, and I called for a tow truck, and they said it was going to be two and a half hours. So when this guy, when I called and found out it was only going to be 20 minutes, I was excited. But I was still worried, because every time a car went by, my car shook, and I'm thinking, man, if any of these cars hit me, that's going to be it. So I made the decision to dial 911, and I called and said, hi, I'm at the intersection of two uh, very busy expressways, 
uh, in the median by the high speed lane. And I would appreciate if I could get police car to come by uh, to ensure my safety because I thought the only safe spot I had was in my seat with my seatbelt on because if I uh, at least got hit, I was in the roll cage and I could, my chest survival were that much higher. But these are thoughts that went through my mind. Um, so what happened? I, I stayed there and uh, they sent the police. The police came by and I told them my story. He said, yeah, he said, both you and me <laughs> be uh, uh, fearful in this situation in the high speed median. So uh, he said he'd stay there with me until the, I told him it was about 20 minutes the tow truck would be there. So he said he'd stay there with me and uh, he did. And uh, that was a blessing because then um, I had that protection. But, and uh, if you're like me, you don't want to waste time. So I was able to actually um, catch up with a lot of the uh, people who had commented to my memes. I always like to invite them to uh, to like my page because I'm trying to build my audience. Uh, guys like you that have mine set just like mine thinking in a positive direction. So that gave me an opportunity to catch up with that. It was great. But that's not the story that really fascinated me. When the tow truck driver got there, it was kind of an uh, interesting story. Um, he said, go sit in the, the uh, tow truck while he uh, took care of my car. Well, I looked and uh, his, the, the, you know, driver's, the passenger side was on the side where the traffic was. But then I realized the police had blocked off that whole lane. So if I go and get in the truck, it wasn't going to be a problem. So I did. And uh, I was in there and then I was talking to the tow truck driver. And his story was fascinating. When you talk to people, you find the stories can be fascinating. But this is what he said. He said that his, uh, well, his wife was in the car and she's very quiet. So I didn't even notice her initially when he went to go back. And I was like, oh, there's someone in here. <laughs> but anyways, um, the tow truck driver um, said he was in an accident seven years ago. A car hit him when he was uh, outside his truck. Uh, a drunk driver hit him at 90 miles an hour. And he said when he, uh, he was in North Carolina doing towing up there, he said he hit him at 90 miles an hour. He said broke all his ribs and um, dislocated, almost pulled his arm totally out of the shoulder. And he said he died twice on the way to the, uh, on the way to the hospital. But uh, he survived. And it's only by God's grace that he survived. But he had been doing now uh, an additional seven years as a tow truck driver, because he's been doing it for 13 total years. And he told me the story about when uh, they had a cast on his arm and they had reconstructed his shoulder and had to go back in because they had uh, forgot about two ligaments that they had, tendons that they hadn't sewn back together. And he said that the doctor said they had their rehab program. And he said he wasn't going to use their rehab program and he said, don't use this arm for, for weeks. And uh, he said, no. Um, he had his own plan, and he was determined to get it, uh, to uh, work through the pain and, and work through uh, the rehab that was necessary by himself.
And this is what he said. He said, you have to have something to, to, um, to fight for, to work for. And he mentioned that his ex-girlfriend uh, had a daughter, and he said that he was like a father to her because he doesn't believe in the step stuff. So her daughter was his daughter. And he said, that's what drove me to go through the pain of working through the rehab on its own a lot faster and a lot harder than it would have been if he had used the rehab program that the doctor was talking about. And that got me thinking, this man had found a why strong enough that it pushed him to do what he needed to do and was required to do in order to get his full motion back. And he did, he did it. And now, you know, seven years later, he's still doing tow trucks. But it was the why. He said, you have to have a why. And he found his why. It was the daughter. And he wanted to provide an example for her of not quitting. So he said that that's what drove him to rehab his shoulder and get back to a point where he's in full health again and he's able to, able to work. How many times do we not find that why that drives us to really complete what we need to? When you find the why that's critical enough to push you to do what you want to do, in other words, go from knowing to doing, that's when you're going to find yourself really advancing where you are. When that why is strong enough. Just like uh, uh, I listened to Brendan Bashad and he was talking about the why that drove him. He's the number one high performance coach now in the world. But how did he get there? Because he was, you know, he was living in his girlfriend's apartment. And what gave him the drive? Seeing her once sliding under the bills on top of his blankets. And he said that it broke his heart. And from that day, it gave him the drive. You know, I think of um, when I was um, in the military, well, I trying to become an officer. And what gave me the drive is that, you know, I wanted to provide for my family and I knew I could. And it gave me that drive, the family, that wife, the beautiful wife, my high school sweetheart. I promised her that I'd take care of her. And that gave me the drive to continue to push uh, to become an officer in the military and uh, to later become a, um, a trainer in the insurance business. But you've got to find your why, that thing that's going to drive you to, 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 to get you from that point of knowing to doing. When you find the why, then the question, there is no more question about the action side, the doing side. You'll do it because it's important. It's critical. It means something to you. Brendan Vashad talked about goals. You have to set goals in a, in a manner in which they excite you, not that they're just a chore. I need to be fit because I want to be top shape so that I can 
play with my kids and be able to do things with them. Not, I just want to lose weight. I have to have a reason why I want to do that. A burning desire that gets me up every day and pushes me past those fears, false evidence appearing real, as the anacronym is, those non-real barriers that are holding me back. That's the why that you need to find. That will bring your belief up to where you need it so that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish, that you long to accomplish, but feel you, but you just haven't gotten your belief up to a level where you've actually acted in a manner to actually get it done. But that was the powerful lesson just from a tow truck driver to hear the story about him getting hit by a car at 90 miles an hour. And that the, the, the love for a daughter that wasn't even his biological daughter gave him the strength to rehab himself after all that mangle. He said he broke all his ribs. He died twice on the way to the hospital, but yet he survived and they reconstructed his shoulder. And then he went through the necessary um, rehab by himself because of his why to be able to support that daughter because it meant that much to him. What's your why today? What are you fighting for? Isn't it time to start fighting for it? To, 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 to not listen to the naysayers or, or those who, who really are more involved in themselves and really don't care what you think. But we get our minds all clouded that everyone's thinking about us. And they're not. They're thinking about themselves. Don't let it get you down. Be your motivational force. What motivates you every morning? What do you do to, to, to turn up the heat, turn up the notch to get things done? That's critical. That's my lesson today. Look for that why that really burns inside you. Because, see, the subconscious mind, like I said, is affected by two things. Things that are repeated or periodically, and number two, emotional things. And when you look at those precious little babies, those, those kids looking up to you, or those grown kids who respect you and expect to, to see, you need to be the example, the model, because they're watching. You may not think so, but they are. So many times I tell the story about my grandson on the playground about to, when he was ready to pee, about to drop his pants and pee right there. Why? Because his father did it. We're no different than my six-year, five-year-old grandson because we model others as well. And they model us. And they are watching. Your children are watching. You may not think so, but they are. And you're, what you do speaks so loud, they can't hear what you are saying. And you've got to understand that. And when that gets down in you and you realize you've got a responsibility that others are watching, then, then you set the example that they need 
so that they can become all that they need to be. But we need to be all we need to be for them. Forget about us. Others are watching. We need to provide the example. That's my lesson to you. Find that why. It's going to be in that opt-in that I have. Also, I'm just about to the end. I am excited to get it out there because I know it's going to be helpful to you and really help you clarify that why and understand how to bring it about. That's my lesson tonight. It's always a great honor to be here with you and to know so many people have listened to what I've had to say. It's a message that's been deep down inside me and I enjoy sharing with you as I hope to create an environment for you to share back with each other. As I said, rising tide raises all ships. And that's what we intend to do here. Thank you, and you have a good night. Talk to you tomorrow.